yeah, too many times I thought, this is it, God's breaking through. And then, then the next week it's like, whoops, I uh, guess missed that one. And yet at the same time, Jamie's so right because I'm about to pop. In fact, this is just something that's been being impressed on me. Please, coach, 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 hey, coach, coach, pick me. Coach, 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 I want to play. Put me in the game, coach, coach, hey, hey, coach, coach, over here. Coach, 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 coach. I want to play. I want in the game. I want in the game, coach. <laughs> yeah, this week I was, I was with a man who said, I hate church. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> thank you. So thank you so much for that. I hate church. He said, in church, I only get to be a spectator. Oh, I hate that. Oh, spectators at church. Yeah. He said, I hear all those stories. I hear you sharing those amazing stories. I hear Pastor John sharing those amazing stories. And, and I want a story. I, I want a story to tell. He said, I almost had one this week. I almost had my story this week. I mean, it was a perfect opportunity for me to pray for someone. And, uh, and, and I walked away from it. And I thought, how cool is that? This guy is being stirred. This guy is being prompted. Please, God, put me in the game. Please, please, God, 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 God. Do you see me over here? I want to play. I want to play, coach. <laughs> so, 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 so excellent. I want to play. It reminds me of, of college basketball. I would get so excited at our college basketball games that one day a group of the cheerleaders came and caught me after a game and said, Michael Descoli, we want you down on the floor with us helping us get these people excited. <laughs> we watch you up there in the stands and you get us excited. So we want you down on the floor with us getting all of them excited. I was like, no way. I'm a male cheerleader. I'm not going to do that. But uh, next week I was... Down on the floor with the cheerleaders. <laughs> rah, rah, re. Yeah. Yeah. Please, coach, put me in the game. I was listening to uh, Francis Chan this week. I absolutely appreciate him. You know, Francis Chan, pastor in Los Angeles at the time, uh, uh, you know, he, he had no big plans. He just decided to start a Bible study in, in his living room. Well, that Bible study grew to be a church of 4,000 every Sunday. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit started convicting him that, man, this big old church, it's all about one guy empowered by God to do God's work with 4,000 people also empowered to do God's work that are spectators. And he thought, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with this. Francis Chan Walked away from that mega church to seek God. Today he's giving everything away free <laughs> that he has. He said, I want to be me again. I never sought to have a church of, of 4,000. <laughs> so he started a, uh, a Bible study in all places, San Francisco. And now it's a network of life churches. <laughs> a network of life churches. Everybody's got to be in the game. No spectators. That's his heartbeat. It's his heartbeat. So, so, so I want to be all about encounter, equip, encourage. Michael Descoli, all about encounter, equip, encourage. Summit Church, all about encounter, equip, encourage. What's that all about? Hey, I don't want to do church as usual. I don't want just another form of religion. I want people coming to know God. <laughs> coming into relationship with God. Man, you guys are dead there. I want people coming into relationship with God. 
Not a former relationship. Do you know him? That's the, that's the priority of it all, to know him, encounter God. And therefore, by that, we can begin to equip people to get in the game. Please, coach, please, coach, pick me. I want in the game. I want in the game. I want in the game. Equipping. And, if, man, if anything, I, I hope Sunday mornings can just be a gathering of encouragement where you draw together to remind each other, I am not alone. Yeah, he's with me. I am not alone. He's with, I hope you heard that loud and clear last week with Tom Gouldy sharing. Bill, Dr. Bill Bright, our mentor, I am not alone. God is with me. I hope you hear it. You can play the game. Man, did I start a story a minute ago? Oh, I started telling you about cheerleaders and I lost my story. <laughs> That's random thoughts with Michael Descoli. What I was trying to do was get to Charlie Sandusky. Charlie Sandusky, great big guy on the basketball team. Always a, 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 a seat warmer. Never, never in the game right? Some days you'd see him on the edge of the seat because it looked like he might go in, but he'd never go in. Some days he'd actually take off his warm-up jersey and you'd see his real jersey and think he's going to go in the game, right? And for some reason, one night, everybody in the I wasn't down on the floor leading this one, <laughs> but everybody on the stand started saying, Charlie, 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 Charlie. And, and the coach put Charlie in and the people cheered. Oh, man, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. He's in the game. He was made for the game. Charlie's made for the game. Charlie's in the game. Charlie's playing the game. It was glorious. And Charlie scored that night. Can you imagine? Yeah, my friend over here. Go ahead, cheer Charlie. Yeah, that's good. Charlie's in the game. Yeah, so my friend this week that I love dearly. Man, I want a story to tell. I want a story. I almost had a story this week. I was on the edge of the seat, right? The warm-up jersey was off. I was ready to play. I didn't get in, but I'm ready. Oh, man, I want to prompt that. Ready, 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 because it's all about God being glorified. Lord, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. Yeah, Kaylon, you had your seat, right? Yeah, yeah, the first, yeah, you know, Back, back when I started ministry in Oklahoma, right, we all had to wear three-piece suits, right? And all the pastors would sit on the stage, you know, because we were the glorious ones up there. And, and that youth group, you know, uh, just, just had a little trouble with me. And one of the things they complained about is, why does he always sit on the edge of his seat? And my coaches, or not my coach, my lead pastors, like, because he's excited. He's ready to get in the game on the edge of the seat. Yeah. Sit on the edge of your seat and get ready because God wants to use you. And if I, as pastor, and if Summit Church as a church is not equipping you to go forth from here, even while we're together, right? Love God. Love his people, the church. Love those who are far from him that maybe do things that bother you a little bit, right? Because they need God. They need to know him. And that's what it's all about. So that was all free. That was bonus right there. All right. That's what's, that's what's, that's what's causing that Alka-Seltzer. I was in charge of the Alka-Seltzer rockets at Kids Camp. I want you to know. And those, those rockets really went, man. Little water, little Alka-Seltzer, and poof. Yeah. And there's a fire deep down in my bones. And if I hold in the word of God, I just might pop. All right. And so I'm not going to explode on you, but we're going to trust God to speak.
So I just have a couple of questions as we get started. Does anybody here believe in the power and the presence and the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Amen. Amen. Awesome. 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 Do you believe that God's people, the church, are in great need of that power and that presence today? Anybody believe that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you believe that that power is available to you as you do life? Awesome. Are you walking in it? Are you experiencing it? Experiencing it. Awesome. See, in the Old Testament, God and His Spirit were, were continually at work. I wrote down a few examples here. He gave Joseph a special anointing that allowed him to move from being a slave to being a major leader in all of Egypt. The Holy Spirit gave Joshua the power to advance God's people into the promised land. Awesome. He gave, and I love this one. I just have to, I just have to uh, highlight this one. He gave craftsmen, hear this now, craftsmen. I think this one is, is, is significant here that maybe I shouldn't give any others. Maybe what I should do is give you a few more and then come back to this one because I think this is the one that maybe somebody needs to hear today. Let's do this. He gave prophets timely and timeless words to speak to God's people words that are still unfolding even as we do life today it's amazing he gave Gideon power to lead armies to to victory he gave Samson power to tear a lion apart but now hear it he gave craftsmen special skills in fashioning the details of Solomon's temple (laughs) I'll never forget a night Valerie heard this in a Beth Moore study and she loved it people empowered by the Holy Spirit for details in the temple. She loves details. Loves, loves, loves details. People empowered. And what that tells us is that God equips us for all sorts of things and empowers us through the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so don't undermine your gift. That's a very, very important one because we might think, oh, they're just skilled, but it says they were skilled for the details of the temple. Then in the New Testament, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Jesus overcame Satan by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did ministry and ultimately rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a power that's available to you and me today. All right, now here's another question. (laughs) Am I just the only hot one here today or y'all? Are you burning up? I think we've done everything we can do to cool this place down. Maybe I'm just excited. All right. I don't see any fans going or anything, so that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great sign. So how many would say, consider this question. Let's just be honest. This is not condemnation. This is edification and building up. Don't let anything else happen today because that would be of the enemy. I'm a believer. Think of this. Is this you? I'm a believer, but honestly, I know someone or I know someone's that seem to walk in greater spiritual victory than me. Does anybody say, yeah, that's, that's, I would say that, that's true. Okay, now consider, consider a few thoughts that, that I wrote down here. They, they seem to have greater faith. Other people, these other people that you've observed, they, they, they seem to have a greater boldness. Hmm. 
They, they, they seem to get more answers uh, to, to their prayers. They seem to have just the right Bible verse at, at just the right time to speak into a situation. They seem to face the storms of life with greater peace, with greater courage, with greater strength, and with greater resolve. And, and you wonder, how do they do it? You just wonder. Well, perhaps there's a side of it where you're not seeing the whole picture, but perhaps there's another side of it that can be illustrated in a story that, that honestly is kind of a dumb story. <laughs> I love dumb stories. But I think it makes the point really well. So, uh, this part-timer um, from L.A. is in the Estes Park rental. Okay, any part-timers here from L.A. this morning? Okay, safe so far. All right. <laughs> All right, so he's in Estes Park rental, and he, he goes up to the owner, and he says, I need a saw that will cut half a cord of wood a day. And she looks at him and she says, well, yeah, I th we can help you, definitely. She takes him over to her display, you know, that display of, of still skill saws over there. And, and she says, even the least expensive model here will far outperform what you're asking. It'll far outperform your half, uh, half uh, what is it, a half uh, cord. Thank you, good. If we all work together, <laughs> yeah, half cord of wood. Well, he looked at the saw and he thought, man, that thing looks heavy, it looks clumsy, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get it, but, but okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. He made his purchase, he goes on home to start cutting wood, right? But the next day, he's back, and, and he seems frustrated, he seems really disappointed. He, he says, I have never had such a terrible saw in, in, in all, all my days. I mean, I, I was barely started on the first cut, and I was worn out. Well, she kind of looks at him, you know, and she takes the saw in hand. You wonder what happened to all Linda's trees today? <laughs> she had a bunch when I got here this morning. Takes the saw in hand. She primes the gas. She opens the choke. Am I going to fire it up? All the lines are broken. She fires it up. She guns the engine out. She's looking at this guy who's kind of stunned, and he says, what's that noise? Now, now think about it. Just a moment. I know it's a dumb story. I said it would be. <laughs> I think it makes the point perfectly what, what the problem is here. The man had the right tool. He had the right tool with the, with, with, with the right potential, but he didn't know how to appropriate that which was already in his hand. Yeah, so, so one day, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus is eating with his disciples when he gives them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Then in verse 8, but you will see power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, before I get to, to the major thing here, just a couple of interesting things to point out. First, I want you to notice the word baptism. He mentions uh, water baptism, he mentions spirit baptism, poses the question, do we need both? Well, it's the same Greek word, both, baptizo, which means to immerse. One is a picture of going into the water, coming out of the water. It's a picture of leaving a life of sin and bondage, the old way of life, and coming out a new person for, for the promised land, a new life, a life of meaning and purpose, a life of liberty for which God created you, right? And the other is about taking a hold of that kingdom authority that God wants you to to operate under, not operating under your own flesh, not operating under your own performance or capacities, but depending on him and allowing him to do his work through you. The, the word power used there is the Greek word dunamis. Okay, it sounds a lot like dynamite, but, but don't get confused on, on this word here because it's a steady force. It's actually a miracle working power. It's kind of that, you know, the, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. But it's more like, I know I can't, I know I can't, I know I can't, but I know he can, I know he can, I know he can, I know he can. Yeah, that's, that's more what it's about. Cool. <laughs> so, here's the deal. This is where we really need emphasis. Coach, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. Pick me, coach, I want in the game. I want in the game, coach, because I want you to think, about who it is that Jesus is talking to when he, when he gives this teaching here, okay? It's his disciples, so right away, some of us might say, oh, that's just the disciples, so I'm disqualified from this game. No, 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 no. These are the guys that Jesus walked with for three years and still were not getting it. I mean, you never heard Jesus say, you guys amaze me. I can't even believe I get to walk with you on this planet. Oh, my goodness. No. What did he say? You have little faith. How long must I be with you for, before you're finally going to get it? I mean, these are the guys who heard Jesus say, am I getting so wound up that I'm wearing you out? Take a breath. Have a drink of water. I'm trembling. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, these are guys who heard Jesus say, if you, if you deny me before men, I will deny, deny you before my Father. Yet on the night that Jesus was betrayed, all but one of them were as far away from Jesus as they could get. Even Peter, who was so bold and, and so emphatically declared, Lord, even if everybody else falls away, I will not fall away. Yet on the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter denied him three times times that's it that's who these guys are then you get to acts chapter 2 and everything changes suddenly these guys are declaring jesus with without fear with great boldness now they're walking in power and in courage that will enable them to to live for jesus to their death it's it's an amazing transformation just as jesus had promised hear it now ordinary ordinary what's that mean ordinary men and women just like you and me suddenly given everything they live need to live 
for the glory of God. And it's not about human performance. It's not about proving self. It's all about God being proved in us. And ladies and gentlemen, that same power is at our disposal today when we walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Go ahead. Give him glory if you believe it. So, so I, I guess I'm here today to say it's time to, for us to prime the gas. It's time for us to open the choke. It's time for us to pull the rope and get this thing fired up. <laughs> okay, now, I'm, I'm not talking simply about some kind of ecstatic experience. I'm not talking about an emotional high or, or some kind of personal uh, feel-good moment. But this is about God working through his people in order to do his work. The Holy Spirit gives us power, and I want to share three specific things with you this morning quickly. First, the Holy Spirit gives us power to blaze with the good news of the kingdom. Listen to Paul's words here from the Bible. He says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Not on men's women, wisdom, men's wisdom, but on God's power. Anybody besides me ever feel uncomfortable, underqualified, or too inarticulate, not articulate enough to, to share your faith? Anybody besides me? See, what Paul is saying right here, that it's not about wise and persuasive words. It's not about enough education, right? Because those things are like trying to use a chainsaw to cut down a tree without ever getting the thing fired up. It's going to take a ton of effort and produce very little results. In fact, it might even work against you along the way. What he's doing is pointing to the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. So one day, um, I'm with crew. Crew, awesome crew. Last week, we heard from Tom Gouldy of crew, overseeing uh, ministries in the east, overseeing ministries southern in, down in Mexico, uh, South America, and such. Uh, right now, this week, we heard from Tanner Stark again. He wrote a letter. We also actually have a newsletter available. If you want to get that, let us know. We'll get it to you. He's saying, tell Summit Church, thank you for allowing me to be here doing this ministry. I'm growing. God is using me, and he's excited, right? Yeah, can you give glory to God for Tanner and what he's doing there? Brad and Sarah Toms are down doing a ministry. I ran into a whole bunch of crew folks on the, on the cone the other day, and, and they knew all about Brad and Sarah's ministry, and we're excited about what they're doing, that new ministry with crew. So here I am. I'm at a winter conference with crew, and as they so typically did, they sent us out one day into the neighborhoods of the, of the city to go and, and share our faith. Well, I had some experience with this, and, and so they gave me a team, to, to be in charge of, and, and I like that. I, I like being in charge, and I felt pretty confident. Now, I want you to compare that to, to one of the other teams. Oh, man, they did not feel equipped at all. They didn't feel like they had what they needed. They, they were wanting to be on my team. Can we just work together? But here's the deal. At the end of the day, my team didn't have a single story of victory to share. I think God's trying to teach, a, to teach a, a message at this point. But these guys 
had just the opposite. I felt I had a fruitless day, but these guys were blown away by what they felt they saw God do. They were totally relying on the Holy Spirit. They weren't uh, relying uh, on anyone's expertise. They're just going out of his name, and they, they walk up to this one house where there's clearly a party going on. And they're like, ah, we shouldn't go there. You know, let's leave him alone. Well, the, the guy, the host, saw them and came walking out and asked them what, what was going on. And they told him what they were doing. And he said, well, come on in. <laughs> he had the music turned down. He had everybody at his party take seats. And he let these guys share their story. They were blown away. They were amazed how the Holy Spirit gave them every word that they needed, and they actually saw people responding. Oh, what a story to tell. Too often as Christians, we want to say, I, I can't. I don't have a part in the kingdom business. I can't share my faith. I don't, I don't know what to say. I'll just get them to church so they can hear the preacher, and he can tell them what they need to know. But friends... God gave us the example of the apostles to make it very clear that it's ordinary people that he uses to reach other people. Pinch yourself and say, I'm one of those ordinary guys, gals, right? This is what it's talking about, which leads us to, to the second thing that the Holy Spirit does. And, and this is another example here before I give you the point. The same people who often say, I don't have what it takes to share my faith, will also say, you know, I'm not a very good prayer. But again, it has nothing to do with personal ability. It has everything to do with what God is doing through you. Now look what the Bible says here in Romans 8. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know, I'm, I'm going to do a, a grammatical correction on the NIV Bible if I can, because I don't know who wrote this, but they don't have proper English here, right? We do not know for what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with words with groans that words cannot express. Whoa. I mean, it's just an example of many of this next point, which is this. The Holy Spirit gives us power to boast about personal weakness. Did you hear it right? Power to boast about personal weakness? I mean, just like sharing your faith, trying to pray in your own strength would be similar to trying cutting down a tree with a chainsaw without firing it up. A whole lot of effort, very little results. And both aren't about us, but both are about God being glorified through us. So the groans and utterances expressed in this verse remind me of the guy who couldn't figure out the chainsaw and he asked, what's that noise? And what we need to be quick to point out is the fact that it has very little to do with us and has everything to do with God working through us. That's what we're talking about this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so when people say, wow, I wish I had that kind of faith. Wow, I wish I could pray like that. Wow, I wish I could see answers to prayer. Wow, I wish I could be that confident in the storm. What they're really asking is, what's that noise? And we need to be quick to point out 
that God has it available for you. It's not me, it's him, and here's how you appropriate the fullness. So I love this prayer. I've got a couple of prayers here of Paul's, and, and look at this, this prayer, very, very valuable. Uh, well, actually, uh, this is not one of those prayers. i got two prayers coming, but this is, this is Paul before God struggling with an area of personal weakness when, he sa- when God says to him this, regarding Paul's weakness, he says, God speaking, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now watch Paul's conclusion here. Watch it. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh my goodness. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the, ladies and gentlemen, Hear what the Spirit is saying. The very fact that you feel inadequate is evidence that you are the perfect candidate. (coughs) I'm losing my voice, and it's great. Okay, stories most of you have heard before, but it needs to be told right here. It's too valuable (coughs) not to share here. So, I'm in this trade school. God's called me to ministry. Uh, I'm not sure how to get to where I can to study and be equipped for ministry. I'm seeking God. In the course of that, my mentor, my chem physicist uh, friend, friend of Pete who led me to the Lord, uh, Mr. Davidson, tells me, Mikey, get a trade. Learn a trade, and you can take it with you the rest of your life. So I'm in trade school, and that's a miracle in itself. Because I went to interview for this trade school, and the guy who interviewed me said, there's no way you're getting in this trade school. You've got too much going for you right now. And I said, well, if God wants to be in this trade school, I'll be in the trade school. And so he calls me back a little bit later, and he says, I want you to know it's a whole lot more than God working on your behalf. And I said, that's okay, I'll give God the glory. <laughs> anyway, so I'm in this trade school, and I'm bold about Jesus. I'm telling people about Christ. And, uh, and a lot of cool opportunities here. Uh, but there was this one uh, guy in uh, Jehovah Witness, and, and, and I just want to articulate Jehovah Witness because of the de- denial of the Trinity and the effort of good works, that this is a cult, okay? This is not what Christianity is all about. Now, a lot of churches that call themselves Christian churches uh, in very real way deny the Trinity and are all about works, too, so we put them in the same category as well, Right? Yeah, sadly uh, to say. Uh, So this Jehovah's Witness just had to try to persuade me why the Christian faith was wrong and why it was all washed up. So every day he seemed to come at me with stuff, and, and, you know, I'd listen to him. And and So this one day, it's lunchtime, and he's he's just trying to show me why uh, John chapter one is wrong, wrongly translated. You know, the, the, the word that became flesh wasn't... Uh, God becoming flesh through Jesus, all this stuff, you know, and I'm saying, Lord, what do I, what do I do with this guy? And as I'm talking, I mean, I didn't engage this conversation, he did, leave me alone, right? He's asking, he's the one challenging, well, in from lunch comes this one fellow, I, I still have his face in mind, another Italian, Art Fiello, and he comes at me with fiery eyes, and he is angry. I, I mean, I thought he wanted to rip my head off, you Christians, 
I hate you Christians. You should all be dead. This world would be so much better if it wasn't for you Christians. I think we ought to line you all up. You know, and this crowd's starting to gather because it's intense. It's, it's this emotional Italian guy. And I'm just sitting here praying, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? He goes on and on and on. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm praying. And he got quiet. And God gave me a word. And I spoke it. And you could feel it piercing him. It was, it was real, real awesome. There was a peaceful presence. <coughs> and then as he's thinking about it, you could feel that, that volcano erupting again. You know? And all of a sudden, it's intensified all the more. He, he wants to rip my head off. You Christians, you're the worst thing on the planet. You, you should all be, I mean, just horrible, horrible stuff. And the crowd's getting bigger, you know. And, uh, and, and, and uh, then he got quiet. And God gave me a word, and I spoke it. You could feel it, piercing, peace. But then this volcano again, and a third time, and even more intensified rage. And I'm saying, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he got quiet, and I spoke a word. And all of a sudden, this guy falls on me. He's weeping, and he's saying, I'm so sorry. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. A demonstration of the Spirit's power in my weakness, and this Jehovah Witness is standing there. In our weakness, God being glorified. There's a third thing here, and that is that the Holy Spirit gives us power to bank on hope in a hopeless world. Power to bank on hope in a hopeless world. Do you realize in this broken old world there are hope robbers that are all around us? Yeah, Linda Stocker shares a really good one in the newsletter this month. Get in there, uh, truthwithjohn.com, and read that. It's a good one. But I think part of the problem just may be that we tend to put our hope in the wrong things. I mean, if you're putting your hope in your health, and, and please, please work to have a healthy body. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But if you're putting your hope in your health, I'm afraid it's going to disappoint you. I mean, if you're putting your hope in, in saving the planet, I mean, thank you for managing our, our, our planet well, okay? The scripture tells us we, sh we should do that, but I'm afraid this earth as it is has an expiration date on it, and it's going to be renewed at the coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, better, better believe it. If, if you're putting your hope in, in turning on the news, you know, hoping to get something good, well, uh, wish you good luck with that one uh, the, these days. But, but it poses the question, what are you putting your hope in? And so here's, uh, look, look, at, look at these verses. Um, this is from Psalm 39 where it says, Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom or, or a shadow. In vain they rush about heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. So even your retirement account has the potential of disappointing you. But please, invest toward the future, right? Just don't put your hope there. But watch this, verse, verse, uh, verse 7. But now, Lord... What do I look for? What does it say? My hope is in you. In a hopeless world, our hope must be in the Lord. Now, here's one of those prayers, okay? Romans 15, 13. Listen to it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by, what's the next line? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trusting Jesus, 
leading to fullness of the Holy Spirit, which produces overflowing hope. Yet most of us have unlimited or have, have very limited hope. The prayer is for overflowing hope, and we need that. Oh man, I get so discouraged in the ministry. Sometimes I wonder, you know, man, should I just walk away? Should I quit? Should I give up? Right? Praise God for those places in the Word. And you guys speaking them to me sometimes. It says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Well for in due time, you'll reap a harvest if you faint not, if you'll faint not. But many days, it's the Holy Spirit. And I wake up prompted by the Spirit, anticipating the day where I'll literally pray, good morning, Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunities that you've put in front of me today. And I've added John's words from a few weeks ago. Please show me where I can plant seeds today. And I believe it's a hope that's prompted by the Holy Spirit. Now consider your areas of life that you struggle in. Overflowing hope transcends personal doubt with statements like, I believe. Overflowing hell, hope, or over. Yeah, overflowing hope transcends discouragement with thoughts like, in due time. Don't give up. Don't get weary in doing good because you will reap a harvest. It transcends suffering with thoughts like, this is all temporary. It transcends pain with thoughts that he is ultimate healer and there will come a day when I will run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. It transcends need, knowing that he's my provider. It transcends fear, knowing that he is my refuge and my strength and ever-present help in time of need. And you fill in what you struggle with and what he is. Are you in short supply of hope today? Please hear that prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, well, there's just one more, and, and I, this is probably the most important one of all. The Holy Spirit empowers us to bask in all the fullness of God. A dear friend of ours who uh, passed away several years ago, great man of God, who prayed and prayed for me all the time, would say once in a while, the sad thing about Christianity is that believers will often reduce the faith to the lowest common denominator. It's an expression I've been hearing on the news lately, that we all tend to operate at the lowest common denominator, but in the Christian faith, it often go, goes like this. Many will say, yep, I believe in God. Yeah, I did that sinner's prayer thing. But an honest assessment of their lives would say they don't look much different than, than the rest of the world. I mean, they still struggle with worry. They still struggle with relationships, still struggle in their prayer life, still struggle in their witness, still struggle, 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 and you can fill in the blank there. And what's really sad to me is when people say, you know, I did that whole church thing and it really didn't work for me. Friends. There is more to Christianity than just showing up at church, right? It's a relationship with the living God, and He wants you to know Him in all of His fullness. So that's what it's about. It's about knowing Him above all else. Is there more to Christianity? Absolutely. Okay, so here's that final prayer. Apostle Paul, watch this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, 
He may strengthen you with power. What's those next three words? Through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how high, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Jesus came to give life to the full, and Jesus wants you to walk into life to the full. It begins with a relationship with him. It's learning to allow the Holy Spirit to take his proper place on the throne of your life. So you say, well, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? A couple of questions. Have you called him Savior? Which means, is your hope in him, or is it in your own goodness? Okay? Call him Savior. Have you called him Lord? Which means are you still kind of like keeping some doors closed in the rooms of your life, you know, the house of your life? They, like you can't go in there, Lord, right? Everything else you can have, right? Yeah, you can come in the front door. You can look around the living room a little bit, but don't go in the bathroom. Don't go in the master, right? Allow him to have full ownership. It's about surrender. And I don't want to put an order to this one because uh, it's not a formula. There's evidence of people being filled with the Spirit the moment, the moment they believe. But honestly, have you been water baptized according to what He's commanded us to be? If so, then appropriate the fullness of the Holy Spirit according to His promise. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Estes Park, in Larimer County, in Colorado, in the United States, and in your world, according to his promise and according to his command. Do not get drunk with wine, which only leads to excessive behavior and will ultimately destroy you. But instead, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's just pause a moment. Where are you right now? Have you called him Savior? Have you called him Lord? Honestly, are there unsurrendered areas of your life that you need to surrender? Surrender them. And then drink freely by faith from the stream of living water. Consider it. And we're going to sing a song of victory as we continue to think about these things. Praise God. Thank you. 
Come on, strong in my brokenness. Coming over everything, even in the fire. I'm alive in you. You are God. You are great. I am. Yeah, give him glory, give him praise. <laughs> it's been good to share. I just feel like I need to pray this prayer over you as my blessing. I love blessing you. And uh, it's the prayer that we read a moment ago. So would you receive it this morning? Have you given your life to Christ today? Please let somebody know. Share it. If you need prayer, we'll be here. Pray with you. Receive this blessing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of His Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all. Yeah.